between you and me, right where you are right in this moment, is exactly where you were meant to be. So, wherever that may be, just be. To be a new you. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Orgasmic Life Podcast. Your permission slip to raise your standards and live an even more amazing life. Now, if you're feeling like that's way out of the ball game and you're really suffering with like pain in your body, guilt, shame, anxiety, depression, like these emotions run a lot of people's lives and that's not by accident. Our culture is set up to keep us in those emotions because it's easier to control people when they're in those emotions. But if you're on an awakening journey and you have recognized that those are there, you have taken the most crucial step to get out of that, which is to become aware that it's actually happening. Just time to awaken, to bring all the parts of yourself back to this present moment and explore the joy that is your life when you live full out, fully expressed, fully harnessing the joygasmic potential of your body and yourself. Anything is possible. And especially we are here to tell you that deep and fulfilling love is possible and is available for you when you choose that for yourself. Navigating expectations for returning to intimacy after vaginal tearing. Hey Joygasmic Goddess, welcome back to the podcast and today I wanted to share some thoughts with you about my journey of uh, returning to intimacy after tearing. Um, So if you haven't been listening or if you didn't know um I did have some vaginal tearing with birth of my second well and my first baby um and so I've just been sharing about that journey you can check out the podcast where I talk more in detail about what exactly happened and how I went about healing that um but the thing that I want to talk about today is expectations around returning to intimacy and what that looks like after tearing and what you can expect for your healing journey. Um, And I wanted to share about this primarily because I didn't find a lot of resources um, beyond like check in with your provider, see if you feel comfortable, um, wait six weeks. You know, those are sort of the Uh, general guidance and wisdom that are offered and I found that to be not really actually super guiding when I was looking to figure out what exactly I needed to do in order to get back to being a happy healthy uh, sex life lady and I think it's also important because generally that information is focused on penetrative penis vagina intimacy and Um, As we all know, there are so many other (laughs) forms of intimacy that are really beautiful, and so 
um, I wanted to address how those can be part of the journey of returning to intimacy um, in really good ways. So I'm just going to share some about my experience. Um, after we wild birthed uh, baby Jonah, it took me about 48 hours to actually have the energy and the impetus to look down at my vagina and figure out what exactly had happened in terms of tearing. Um, I didn't actually know if I had torn until 48 hours, um, and there's a whole other podcast about my postpartum vaginal care and the things that I had set up ahead of time to support myself so that this didn't seem quite as scary. Um, but what I did find when I examined myself uh, with the help of my partner and Amir um, was that I had had some fairly major tearing. And in that moment, um, you know, I had secondary degree tears in three places um, into my labia. And so um, at that moment, I very much realized that I was not on a quick, uh, you know, four or five day or week or two journey into returning to penetrative sex. I was likely on a six week plus journey to um, find that space again in a good way and to um, find a place where that could be uh, really pain free. Um, obviously in that first week of postpartum for most women there's a lot of tenderness there's a lot of swelling um, and it can be really tender if you add in tearing you know you can extend that period of time that you're expecting to be sort of uncomfortable and also realize that there's uh, you know tissues that need to mend together and there are um, you know, maybe scar tissue that might need remediation later on down the road. And I'm able to talk about this kind of calmly right now, but I do want to address that in the moment of sort of recognizing that that was the case and that my labia were never going to be the same again, um, you know, I went into some pretty serious grief and just really dove into the sadness of that I was never going to be the same again, um, and that I was on this longer healing journey, um, and what the impact that was going to have on, you know, the next couple of months of, of intimacy, and, uh, yeah, I just want to encourage you, if you're on this kind of healing journey, to, if, when, when the feelings come up, um, to really make time to feel them, um, you don't have to, doesn't have to take a lot of time, but when it comes up, it's like, just let the tears flow, just let it feel, let yourself um, be in that experience and release, you know, that, release the tension because a huge part of the healing process is releasing the tension. Um, I believe that part of my tearing experience was that I was still holding fear and tension in my vagina and that I really needed to... Um, let that go and the he part of the healing journey is releasing that tension and releasing the places where the emotions are still stuck or where the intensity of birth is still anchored into the body and, and releasing that out 
So, all of that to set a little bit of baseline. Um, expectations for returning to intimacy. So, um, so sort of immediately once I realized that it was going to be a longer journey, I sat my partner down and I was just like, hey, well, he was right there. He's holding the mirror between my legs um, and sitting there peacefully and holding space for me while I was crying. Um, but you know, in that moment, just sort of acknowledging with him, like, hey, this is going to be a longer healing journey, um, you know, I'm going to need your support in that, and we sort of set together this idea that, um, you know, we would return to intimacy in a time frame that made sense to my body, um, and that I was the one who was sort of going to set that pace, and that he was in a place where, if he was feeling horny, then self-pleasure, uh, was the solution to that. And that I, you know, being in the new baby bubble and, uh, having vaginal tearing was sort of not the, uh, solution to his horniness moving forward. And that he would need to sort of return to something more like a single guy, um, scenario. I just want to say that part because I think it's really important to... Um, actually acknowledge this um, it can be really confusing or um, challenging for partners especially if we've had uh, sort of regular intimate connection prior to birth to have this you know giant shift up and obviously you know we have a baby and it's a huge life transition and so there are a lot of things that are changing already um, so to just be really clear about what's going on in terms of intimacy helps prevent there being any expectations that are unmet or experiences where we're having sort of assumptions you know if your partner if you and your partner have been having uh, regular intimacy and then all of a sudden it drops off you can go like yeah we have a baby but also um, if you can keep it clear in the communication that's going to make it easier to return to intimacy and it also helps sort of avoid the situation where if you've if your partner has been sort of exclusively getting making their sexual needs get met uh, through your intimate connection, which is beautiful, then um, it gives them permission to sort of return to self-pleasure and be in a place where they can uh, meet those needs themselves and they're not waiting on you to do that, um, which helps prevent sort of the situation where if you do go, hey, I'm interested in exploring intimacy with you, and, you know, they haven't uh, connected sexually with themselves in days or weeks, then they're maybe coming towards you with a lot of uh, horniness, which can be uh, challenging to... Uh, it can be challenging to be horny and also be holding space for your, you know, woman partner who's had uh, vaginal birth tearing challenges. Um, sort of be in that healing journey rather than um, looking to meet needs or connect sexually for pleasure reasons. So um, let me just pause here for a second. So 
So I think one of the places where it's easiest to maintain or connect to intimacy um, in that immediate postpartum is flirting. Um, you know, your relationship might have shifted really dramatically with the addition of a baby. You might be feeling sleepy, tired, exhausted, or um, emotional. But if you can find a place where the flirting is still there, even if it's just for a minute or two, even if it's, um, you know, tiny moments of kissing or acknowledging each other, um, I've been in bed, I'm on day 20-something, and um, one of the things that has been really beautiful in our connection is this space of, uh, we call it like service to the goddess. <laughs> um, so, you know, Dan has been doing a tremendous amount of things in terms of supporting my life, bringing food, changing water, helping me with fluid management, laundry, baby, all of these things. And, uh, you know, normally we don't really think of those things as flirtatious or foreplay. Uh, but if you looked at my podcast on choreplay, um, they, they absolutely are. They absolutely are um, moments of intimacy, and especially for women where we need our sort of base householding needs and our base, like, knowing our kids are safe and that things are sort of cared for. Um, it's really important to have these baseline things taken care of, and if your partner is struggling to meet those needs for you or if you're up and about and stressing your body out, by sort of being in that householding role, I really encourage you to reach out to family and friends and ask for more support, um, whether that's in food prep or house cleaning or whatever it might be. Um, it's really helpful to have that support because if you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, um, it's really hard to feel flirty or sexy. Um, that being said, um, we kind of joke that all the things Dan's been doing in terms of taking care of the household is kind of like, uh, you know, how birds build these like elaborate nests and do these like courting mating dances um, to attract their mate. Uh, we joke that that's what he's doing right now. He's he's building the nest and taking care of the nest and uh, sort of creating that space for our love and for our family. And so it's, the default is maybe not to think that's sexy, but having lived without, like, having journeyed through my first postpartum uh, with a partner who wasn't doing that, I'll tell you what, it is actually super sexy to be cared for by a partner. Um, and so maybe we're not feeling the most sexual, but if we can uh, say thank you by, um, you know, squeezing a bum or offering a kiss or stroking a penis in passing <laughs> just casually in these like really tiny short small ways that can really help to keep our intimacy alive and soak in appreciation just being really grateful for all the things that are happening along that way um the next place we're exploring and expanding intimacy um can happen is to introduce yourself to your um, new yoni that can be through touch or through visual um, 
I found it helpful to get a visual on what exactly was happening. Um, but I actually found it more helpful. I found it awkward to find time to, uh, you know, sit with a mirror between my legs. But I found it relatively easy to, um, you know, with some, I uh, have a healing salve that I've been using uh, for my yoni and my vagina. And so using that and um, making sure everything's really soft and warm and my hands are clean, um, creating a space where I was exploring and going like, where is their pain? Where is it okay? What still needs healing? I got a baby nurse in here, so this is a little sunny, funny sounds in the background. Um, and uh, being in that place of exploration, being in that place of um, what exactly is going on and getting a, a handle on my own body and what I was needing um, to feel more comfortable and to, to accelerate that healing journey um, has been really potent in terms of self-connection and then when that once the um, once my external sort of labia were feeling uh, stitched together I didn't get stitches but like the um, the tissues had reconnected um, in all the places where they needed to and the uh, open tissues that weren't going to reconnect because there were some of that as well um, had sort of healed and weren't stinging anymore. Um, after that point, then I really felt it was important to connect with my partner and sort of reintroduce him uh, to my yoni and just say, hey, like this is my new vagina and here's some places where it's feeling tender and where I'm not sure what's going on and here's some places where it's feeling good and here's the things that are still working the way that they used to and um, literally just uh, literally was just lying on the bed um, you know with the baby in bed nearby um, when he had settled in one evening and um, just scooching the bum up really close towards my partner's face and saying like okay here we're gonna we're going to reintroduce and show you and just using my hands and moving his hands and going like these are all the places that you need to know um, what's changed and how I'm feeling around that right now. And that seemed like a really, really important part of reconnecting because uh, there is still tenderness in the body and there is still uncertainty about how that's going to move forward in terms of connecting with intimacy and so just being really open and honest about that is super helpful in the process um the next thing and this it hasn't necessarily happened in linear order for us but um one of the other things that has happened is whoa whoo ah, ah, um that was a uh, uh, nerve sensation. Um, so part of my experience is that uh, I've been having sort of uh, shooting, shooting lightning bolt sort of experiences uh, coming through 
my vagina and like clitoral nerve areas um and uh yeah just making sounds to to let out the sensation and, and be in that um it happens really quick and it's moving through and I remember with my first uh when I I had some tearing in the same spots and there were a couple nights where I just wake up with like these incredible uh intense sensations coming through uh my vagina I think as the nerves were regrowing and reconnecting with themselves and I didn't have the language or the communication skills to uh, name that at the time um but it definitely was something I experienced and so uh, now I'm in a place where it's just sort of like oh this is an experience that I'm having and this is something that is going on in my body and that's okay and it's passing and um, you know if it keeps happening and it's painful then there's some sort of uh, cognitive behavioral hypnosis type thing that I can do with myself uh, joygasm alchemy to reorient how I'm interpreting that but likely it will just sort of pass and integrate in its own way so glad we got to talk about that as that just happened while I was recording um yeah <laughs> well that's good um one of the other things that happened in our experience um and I think is a really beautiful place to return to intimacy is to go into this place of uh they call it mutual ah. masturbation um but uh, also a place of like self-pleasure and just witnessing each other so um there is a lot of pleasure that's available to the body in witnessing our partner and pleasure um for me personally in the recovery postpartum journey um i have found that my uh, vagina is very open and uh energetically connected to my partner and that his pleasure and watching him in pleasure or even watching him be flirty with me is very uh connecting and arousing and that's really beautiful um that may or may not be your experience um but just opening to know that that is possible um and so you know witnessing your partner and their self-pleasure and just letting that remind you you know how beautiful it is to be connected to each other in that way or having them witness you in your self-pleasure or doing both at the same time which you know is one of my favorites um can be really rewarding and also helps to build those nerve pathways that uh, say you know these regions are places of pleasure um especially if your birth was um challenging or you know i mean god birth is birth it's so fucking intense um <laughs> who am i kidding um <clears throat> so the um the pathways that you might have or some of the nerve pathways uh, associated with those vagina areas may be wired to the intensity of birth rather than to the intensity of pleasure 
um, in the immediate postpartum. And so being in self-pleasure and being witnessed in that and connected to your partner could be a really good way to rewire those uh, brain pathways to connect you know, those nerves to pleasure. And some of the reading I said uh, basically said if at any place you um, are touching yourself or you're working with scar tissue or you're working with sensitive tissues, you want to start with a really, really light touch um, and really touch in a way where you are bringing pleasure. Um, if you encounter pain, a pain anywhere along the way, you really want to make sure that you are um, not pushing into it, not sort of going like, oh, I'm just going to massage this out or I'm going to move this through. Um, because especially in those early days, the brain pathways are very flexible. Um, and if we are pushing into those sore spots, then we're potentially creating strong pain pathways that uh, then would need to be worked out and, and sort of released later, rather than sticking with bringing pleasure into the spaces and connecting in that way. Um, so mutual self-pleasure, super beautiful. Um, and having conversations at the beginning of your intimacy that go something like, hey, I'm curious about connecting with you, but I'm not sure what I'm open to, or I'm not sure how we even do this anymore. What seems like a safe place for us to start for you, and what seems like a safe place for us to start for me? And then let's see if there's some overlap within that and go from there. And I think it's really helpful for male partners, um, especially if they are, especially if they are, oh baby, <laughs> especially if they are um, really connected uh, and enjoy their process of ejaculation, um, to let them know that whatever happens in the experience, even if it's not particularly sexy or even if it's healing or whatever, um, that they can still take time to connect to themselves in a way that's good and that you're open to that. Um, I find that really is helpful for the masculine to be uh, given permission to feel sexy in themselves, even if the dynamic between the two of you is like so-so or more healing oriented or uh, is needing sort of like active support and kindness from that other partner. Um, yep. And I think really all the way along it's super important to sort of let go of expectations of what exactly it's going to look like. Um, by simply by speaking out loud, hey, this is what I'm thinking about, this is what I sort of have in mind, this is what I'm excited about, this is what might be possible for me, this is um, what really won't work for me, this is what really might work for me, um, and just sort of having, you know, a one to five minute conversation before you even start engaging in any sort of physical touch intimacy that feels sexy, um, it'd be really, really, really helpful, um, with that process. And I also want to just acknowledge that, um, you know, intimacy is many things. Intimacy is sexuality and it is, 
um, you know, sensuality, and it is penis and vagina sex, and it is uh, mutual pleasure, and it is also, you know, having our skin touched gently, and it is also any moment of connection that feels really deep and loving and uh, supportive and intimate. And so that may look like, um, you know, nurturing touch. That may look like asking for body care, massage. Um, it may also be just getting massage somewhere else from a girlfriend or a practitioner um, rather than expecting it from your partner. <laughs> uh, that's just some straight up wisdom from reality right there. Um, because often our partners aren't trained massage therapists and that's what our body really needs is sort of trained hands-on care especially in that immediate 40 days postpartum um but yeah in uh, intimacy can be many things intimacy can also be you know holding your baby skin to skin with your body and your baby's body and your partner's body all touching it can be sweet looks at each other, um, you know, while you're cuddling the baby, going like, wow, we did this together, this is so incredible. Um, it can be sharing a meal together in a way that feels special or connective to you. It can be, um, you know, just snuggling in each other's arms uh, in the evening, maybe with baby wrapped up in mom's arms. And you wrapped up in your partner's arms. Oh, sorry for the yawns. <laughs> um, that's just life. <laughs> and yeah, so there's all sorts of different kinds of intimacy. And I think it's important to acknowledge that where you're at in terms of what you're open to and intimacy might be really different than what your partner's at. And finding a place for them to... Uh, connect with their sexual desire and their needs which probably haven't changed quite as much as yours have um, in the last since birth um, and then being in a place where you can find a overlap you can find place and connection together and I also want to say that it doesn't really matter how soon postpartum you're exploring this journey um, you know, you might be having this conversation day two or day three postpartum, or you might be having it month two or month three, or you might be having it year two or year three. Um, but the steps are kind of the same as, you know, find, find out what you're interested and available for, find out what they're interested and available for, and see what you can navigate in the middle that is a really, a good place for you to both meet. And it's really important for both of you to be meeting your needs on your own as much as you can ahead of time so that you're not showing up to the place needy and uh, grasping, but rather showing up to that place from a, an overflowing or a desire to connect. And yeah, it really is possible to return to good sex postpartum and I think it's really important to have good communication to do that and a lot of the things that I teach when I work with couples on these topics 
isn't really rocket science it's just the application it's just showing up day after day and having the conversations and showing up uh, to do the work whether that's internal work on yourself or work with you and your partner or work that your partner's doing on themselves um you know it's really important to do this and i think that having really beautiful intimacy with your partner as you raise children is actually so more so much more important than we we think because when we're in healthy happy intimacy it generally means that other all the other parts of our lives are working too and if something's not working in our intimacy then that gives us a really potent reason to get the rest of whatever isn't working working so that we can be clear and happy and really healthy in our lovemaking and then you know that creates a loving happy connective relationship which is a beautiful place to raise children in and is really important especially in a world where our predominant culture has a very challenging and negative sex conversation or intimacy conversation um raising children who are healthy and happily adjusted to their sexuality which is a natural part of the human body and the human experience um, is a really radical thing to do and it's really important to uh, invest time and energy in doing that so um you know, there's lots of places where there are resources um there's a really great podcast with tilly storm and she's a fabulous resource for those who are looking to connect with improving their intimacy and then I also offer some work around this as well um, in terms of creating bulletproof moms and happy couples so if this is something that you're struggling with feel free to reach out and I'm happy to connect with you to create space for better intimacy in your life I hope this has been helpful and have a beautiful joygasmic day Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. How easily can you imagine that this experience is integrated already deeply into every cell of your being in such a way that you will begin to notice that you have already been operating from this new behavior for a while and that it was simply a matter of noticing how much you've already been doing this. You may choose to feel that this moment is the moment that completely and utterly into your body. Or in the days and weeks ahead, getting curious about how fully and completely this experience has transformed your life. Realizing that you are a complete choice choose how you would like to integrate this information into every cell of your being.
Thank you so much for being a part of the Joygasmic Life podcast. And I am so grateful to have you here and be a part of it. If you haven't already, head over to joygasm.me to check out our Joygasmic Birth Blueprint ebook and course, which give you all of the information that you need to become a Joygasmic Mama, whether you are postpartum or whether you're expecting your first baby. This course absolutely has tips and tricks for you that will help prepare you for birth, prepare you for the birth of your next child, and prepare you for peaceful and joygasmic mothering on the other side. So absolutely the way that we do one thing is the way that we do everything and so by utilizing and beginning to build a practice of joygasmic alchemy you will absolutely become a better mother and hold space as i am and as many many women are for the enlightenment of the planet we do that first by working on ourselves and then offering that support and that enlightened nature within ourselves to our families and then from there it ripples out so if you haven't already checked that out go check that out now again it's joygasm.me we've also got courses on rescuing your relationship bulletproof mom how to be able to handle even the most intense toddler or uh, special needs child later on in life as well as a multitude of new courses that are coming out we're absolutely grateful to get to have you as a part of that and remember you anyone who participates in the funding of the podcast absolutely gets a membership access which allows you to access the bonus features the ends of some of our episodes exercises from our guests as well as featured free content from them so super glad to have all of you who are a part of that already here and thank you so much for being a part of the joygasmic life family if i could leave you with only one tip for how to be an orgasmic joygasmic mama in this world the invite would be to really step into and embody the knowledge that you are actually here for a reason and that that reason is to be an enlightened being for your family. They chose you for a reason. They chose you on this consciousness journey for a reason. And you absolutely have the tools and skills to be able to do this. If you're struggling, please reach out. I am more than happy to help people rewire what's going on in their brain, create a new story and create a more powerful experience so you can be the kind of mama for your kids that you really have dreamed of. You absolutely deserve it and your children absolutely deserve it. I look forward to getting to know you more and I look forward to co-creating through the membership content. Have a beautiful day and we'll see you on the next podcast.